0: Welcome to People's Stories. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host Priyanka Oja and I hope you enjoy the session. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Today we are going to talk about a profession which is very, very obvious. It is also one of the profession which is most talked about and is a really high paying job. Do you remember when you were a kid and your mom used to ask you to eat something which you did not really like, but it was healthy for you? And do you remember all the stories that went behind? Sometimes that food muscle was an aeroplane. Sometimes it was something which somebody brought from you from somewhere. So there have been very many stories. Did you realize one thing over there? What was your mom really doing? She was basically selling you something, which was good for you, of course. It was healthy for you, but it had to be presented in another form. And what was important there? It was important for her to understand what do you really like. It was important for her to understand how would you consume that thing. And that is what people belonging to this particular profession really do. You know, the successful ones. Yes, you've guessed it right. We are going to talk about the sales profession today. So today we have in the studio Svanim Saxena with us, who has been in the sales domain, not only in the field sales area, but is currently holding a strategic position in one of the major firms in Bombay, also Mumbai, in India. Thank you so much Svanim for joining us today. I'm super thrilled to have you and I'm looking forward to the stories that you have to tell about this particular profession.
1: Thank you, Priyanka. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk about oneself and that's what I'm going to do, be doing again.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. This is happening because uh, I, we already did the recording and uh, somehow I lost it. Yeah, Svanim was super kind and nice to do it again. Thank you so much again. <laughs> so Svanim, t- tell us something about yourself. Where are you from? Where, where were you born and brought up? How were you like a kid?
1: Right. Uh, quite funny that you asked me this question today. Uh, I'll come to that why. Uh, I'm from Agra. Uh, raised, born and raised here. post that, at my BTEC in civil engineering from uh, Amity University. Uh, thankfully, I got a better break post that. I went to Nasimhaji for my MBA, uh, where in my second year I met you also. Uh, yeah, right now I work in sales. I work with a company called Rob Resery. I'm a key account manager there. Uh, so I handle much of modern trade. What is modern trade? We'll come to that. I'm sure during the course of the conversation. How I was as a kid? Huh? Good question. Because today uh, I we stumbled upon while we were cleaning our house here in Agra, and coincidentally, I'm in Agra right now. Uh, we were cleaning our old stuff, and we stumbled upon my memorabilia as a kid. Uh, I have I used to participate in a lot of competitions. You know, Cartoon Network, Disney Channel national geographic this is 2002 2005 so i guess always very competitive in that case i had all of these things and i've treasured them and the thing is that the plastic is still on on all of these Never been used. <laughs> really condition yeah maybe if i store them enough for another 50 years they might be worth something
0: yeah they might become antique pieces right you can you can actually sell them <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Swarnim, uh, for for the guys who do not know, Agra is like a city in India and and one of the world heritage sites. So Taj Mahal is where Agra is, um, or I I would rather say Taj Mahal is in Agra. So, yeah, let's talk about your journey till now. So, uh, you did your schooling from Agra, and then you went moved to Delhi NCR, and then. Oh, yeah, exactly. For your B.Tech. And then you moved to Hyderabad for your MBA. So there are two questions which are coming to my mind now. The first question is why B.Tech and that to civil engineering and then why MBA and that to sales?
1: Right, right. So I have a standard reply to this question whenever I have been asked this during job interviews or otherwise. But I'm going to tell you the truth today. Uh, the reason why I did B.Tech was because I had to do something before I could do MBA doing an MBA was always the goal it was just how do you reach the end what's the means to that end and in India and everywhere else also you need to have an undergraduate degree I was enamored by what my mother did while I was as a kid so she would uh, she would go to an office she would boss around people and I loved looking at my mom doing all of that I always wanted to do that Uh, being a snobbish kid that I was (laughs) Uh, so I realized how do you do that you do that by getting an MBA and you work in an office that was my understanding till class 10th 11th that was the understanding that I had but in order to do that you have to have an undergraduate degree and my father is an engineer so well it became uh, you know the easiest thing to do to just go and apply for an engineering degree and apply at a college where you probably would get in if you had even some brain you you'll get in and I did and it did ultimately here we are
0: <laughs> okay so um swanam before we move on to your let's say the professional journey and what you're doing exactly right now i want to understand if you look at yourself when you were in class 10th like um your high school or you know that particular duration how do you see yourself how do you remember yourself then
1: okay uh, interesting question so i was a I have a kid who is in Uttar Pradesh, UP. So this is basically the hinterland of India. And although Agra is a relatively cosmopolitan city, uh, it's a big tier two city. We have Taj Mahal, so we have a lot of foreign tourists. So you are exposed to certain culture outside. Uh, but there is certain conservatism which is which exists. Not just, and I'm not talking about conservatism within my family. The family is very open, uh, very forthcoming, very liberal. But in terms of uh, the society that I was part of, so that did have an impact on me. Uh, but yes, as a kid, I was, uh, I guess, nerdy. That would be one word. I Still am. Uh, I would rather be reading books than playing anything. And I was never good at sports. I still uh-huh. cannot hold a hockey stick or a cricket bat.
0: How did your like? How did your school go? So, how, did you score well in your exams? um how was the preparation
1: so uh okay so i guess i was good till primary school i was very good middle school i fumbled a bit class 10th which is the board exam in india it's a big uh, it's a big thing for to score good marks in class tenth, which i did i did decently well class 12th is where everything just went to shit and yeah, so I scored very badly uh, and I was not good at science and I had taken science after due consultation with my parents who were themselves uh, had taken science back in their day. So It was a natural choice and unfortunately the natural choice did not fit naturally to me and that's why I suffered and ultimately I paid the price by, you know, going to by pursuing something that I didn't really want to, but I had to just so that I could finally get into MBA. Mm-hmm. The good thing is ultimately it all panned out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. MBA,
1: it cleared everything.
0: Mm-hmm. One more. I mean, I want to know this thing about yourself as well. How do you typically spend your weekends or your evenings? So
1: I work in an industry, which is very dynamic. I work in the FMCG, fast-moving consumer goods. You don't really have weekends. Uh, and when you are... As a key account manager in this particular role, sometimes it could get very, very stressful. And for example, today, today is a Saturday when we are recording this, but I had been working the whole day. Although, and technically, it's a holiday for me today, but I was. And also, it is because of the fact that I work in a beverages sector, which the summer coming in, it's very important for us to work. Uh, so, yeah, Sunday, probably tomorrow, will be a little light. There's a little bit of reading involved, there's a little bit of Netflix. Uh, yeah. Nothing thing basically is that regular stuff. But I do enjoy once in a while uh, spending my weekends building mechanics models. On my birthday in October, my colleagues gifted me a huge 2000 piece set of the Eiffel Tower, So I assembled it. Okay, that, that's
0: and pretty
1: cool. Yeah, now it's in the living room of uh, this Agra house.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I do that also once in a while.
0: So Svarim, as as you earlier mentioned that um, typically in the FMCG sales or the beverages um, industry, typically uh, it's very, very hectic. Is, it, is that the case only in India or is it like
1: worldwide? Unfortunately, I have not worked globally. But from what I understand, once you reach a certain managerial position, time doesn't really make sense. You can be free the entire day on a weekday and you can have extensive work on the weekend. It can happen. And it happens, I'm sure that this, I'm getting a little, you know, further in the conversation with this, when I say that maybe the CEO of GE or the CEO of Microsoft, I don't think they, does it really matters that what they're doing on Sunday. If it's a business deal, which has to happen on Sunday, it will happen on a Sunday. Uh, The signing of YouTube to Google back in the day happened post-midnight. So those were not business hours. Mm,
0: Okay. Yeah, that, that's right.
1: Business hours and all of this just helps to make sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How would your colleagues describe you?
1: How would my colleagues describe me? Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, it depends upon the colleague that you'll ask. Uh, if it's, yeah, so there are people I'm sure who do not like me because I am can be very pushy uh when it comes to getting my work done. So, you know, when you're in sales and you have to sell products. And products always come in finite numbers. Sometimes I will fight so that my client gets more product than the other guy. So that happens. Like today, I spent most of my day trying to uh, sell one SKU, which he had in bulk quantity, so that I my client gets the benefit. And coincidentally I also get the benefit of more billing. Mm. So it depends on the person that you're asking. But uh, generally speaking, people would probably describe me as pushy. But hardworking. Uh, Talks a lot. (laughs) I hope they'll say that I get things done. I hope they do.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. So, I mean, that's one of the typical stereotypes that uh, basically before recording our session, I was doing some kind of research on what are the typical stereotypes about sales professionals. And this is one of them. But but I wanted to ask, what is the funniest uh, stereotype you have heard about sales? And do you want, like, do you counter it or do you agree with it?
1: So, uh, funniest is that all salesmen are con men. You see, they will sell anything to you, even if it makes sense or not. So I don't really agree with. Sometimes we do try to make sense with what we are selling. Some of us definitely are. I would like to think even I am sometimes, but uh, this is something which it doesn't really make sense. You know, you can con some people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. When you are in sales and you want to have, you build long-term relationships. Uh, you can sell something which is not required by the customer once, but you can't do it again and again and when you are in sales you need to understand what the customer wants in India we have this saying called "ganje ko kanga bhechna which translated to makes uh, selling a comb to a bald man if you are just thinking okay this guy must have done something funny and sold it to him then it doesn't make any sense then that guy is the con man The sales guy. But, if the sales guy understood the person's need, probably, the bald guy has a family at home. (laughs) And all of them have hair on their head. So, he would probably need them.
0: Oh, yeah, right. I only thought about this after you, after you explained this part that, yeah, the bald guy can have a family and can, people can use a comb in that person's house. I mean, uh, not everything is linked only to that person. You have to look at the bigger picture. But, um, okay, so Swanim, let's get to your professional job now. So um, I want to understand how does your typical day look like? What are your, like, let's say, responsibilities? And how would you compare like a usual day with a versus a very hectic day?
1: Okay, uh, a usual day would happen sometime in the middle of the month when you have a lot of things already set in place. For example, the purchase orders have come. Uh, people are already billing. You can see... You, can, you get a sense of where the month is going in terms of billing and total total uh, revenue that you're going to get for the company. Uh, a typical day generally looks at me looking at some data with respect to the net we are as compared to the target we had set for us this month. Uh, what all are the SKUs? SKUs are stock keeping units, basically the product, different sizes. How are they doing? Are the products that we wanted to sell, selling as much as we wanted them to sell or not? we do it we drill it down to the store level and we see basically that so it's a lot of tracking generally my uh, normal day would it will obviously every single day would involve some sort of firefighting that's a given in sales no matter where you are so that would also be there so that's how my normal day would look like it would also have meetings we'll be planning for the next month if there is some special marketing initiative that we want to take we'll be discussing that so final negotiations generally don't happen in the middle of the month they happen right at the beginning or right at the end. So you want to close for the next month beforehand. Hectic time. That's in the beginning and the end of the month. Beginning of the month because you want to be 100% sure that the month has started to a great start. So if you start well then you will end well. So you have to make sure that uh, the billing is being done properly. Uh, all the stores your promoters are going. The salesmen are visiting the stores. The first 5-10 days go about with that the last days that's when you have to make sure that the purchase orders for the next month come on time for example is the 27th of february i have to make sure that all the purchase orders for my clients had already are already there for march right mm-hmm. apart from that you again the monitoring and in the end of the month you have purchased your sales target that's the biggest thing there is you have to achieve for that month and if you don't then we'll uh, you know, going to be running after you with a VAT thing.
0: Yes. So for the guys who do not know what a purchase order is, basically purchase order is the, let's say the ticket that the that your client would give to you to finally confirm that, yeah, they are buying something for you. And that basically is a sign of the deal closing and the money flowing in for the accounts manager, right? That's right. So it basically look, looks like in sales, you would have peaks and troughs. So some days could be like really, really hectic. And usually they would be in either the beginning or the end of the month, and some days could be really light where you just have some some light conversations and you know that kind of thing. But um, biggest one, so you have an experience with both, let's say both extremes of the sales. Do you? What are the challenges that you typically see, like in your in your work in general? What are the problems, the issues that
1: you see? So in field. Uh firefighting is a lot more than it is there in my position right now. So as a key account manager, firefighting is mostly about some promotion not running or something. But in the field, uh, the firefighting could be as much as that a retailer is saying that I will not take the stock that you've just built me and it is standing right there at the sto- at the store. The vehicle is standing right there at the store. It could be that the retailer is not paying money. To the to the distributor to the company uh, basically and uh, so again the the impact that you have is also different so on a look when you are in a field your impact would be directly with respect to the city or the state that you are handling in terms of uh, key account manager it would be nationally or depending upon the chain that you're handling so both work both are very very important uh, they have their own different skills which is required and they both, require, I mean, they both build you separately and differently. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, Sveni, before, let's say before you joined the sales area, you would have had some kind of impression about what you are exactly going to do in sales. Was it different from what you're actually doing or was it, did you actually like you were bull's eye on what exactly will you do?
1: Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I don't think anybody expects, uh, whatever we expect from sales, uh, I think all of us are surprised or shocked when we start working. So back in the day, I never really thought that I'll be in sales. As I told you, my impact, my my thought process had been: key. "My mother goes to the office; she does something sitting in the office. She at people, and that's that's the thing that she does." So I never really thought that I'll get into sales until the first year of MBA. That's when I realized key, because I had uh, been I had been influenced by my seniors as well. Uh, who had gotten internship in sales at that point of time and told me that this is interesting and maybe you should take a look into it. And that's when I got my first opportunity to work with Pepsi as an intern for two months. I had thought initially that sales would be going out in nice, in at least a decent car, going and meeting your clients, closing deals in a very nice fashion, you know, very polite, professional fashion. As you would put it. Because B-School teaches you that, oh, everything is high and fancy out in the real world. Okay, Everything is nice and polished and everybody speaks impeccable English and everything works just fine. Oh, the irony. So when I went to Pepsi and I started working, what car? I had to walk a kilometer from the bus stop to the depot because the depot was inside some, some, some place that I don't even have the word for it right now. Some, Industrial area. So, and there was no auto. And uh, an auto is a local public transportation for people who don't know what auto is in India. So, that was not there. And my clients, this is field sales. Again, when I was with Pepsi, this was field sales. I was going from retailer to retailer. And in India, you have the concept of mom and pop stores, number of mom and pop stores, which we call Kiranas. Mm. So, Kirana is a localized shop which will be. There are millions of Kiranas in India. Even a small town, even a tier two town like Agra will probably have 20,000 Kirana stores. Now, when you're talking about these many stores, you have feet on the ground who go and visit these stores and take orders. So I would be going in the middle of summer. This is April and May. Uh, and I'll be going and I'll be taking orders and I'll be working with the, the PSR, the sales representative over there with Pepsi in taking orders. And I would be unloading uh, crates of Pepsy and delivering and trying to break Coca Cola's monopoly. There were certain monopoly accounts, I was trying to break them. It was very sweaty, very taxing, and physically dirty job. <laughs> if I was going to use the word, uh, but nothing could take away the kind of learning that I've had, the amount of understanding of human psych that I was able to get, the first impression that I could get. And at that point, time, I was 22 years old. And this was the first time that I was entering into the man's world and understanding how things actually work. So things are very different when, you, when, you, when you're in an MBA, when you don't know how things work. Everything is very manual, yeah, even today.
0: But, um, so I didn't so you yourself are saying that this job is like it requires a lot of feet work you have to meet a lot of people there could be a lot of things that you don't expect you might have to travel you might have to experience things that you don't think about why why are you in the sales profession then what is that thing that sort of excites you that that pulls you and that keeps you in this area
1: well for starters money is good
0: Uh, so, one see. one thing, uh, just one thing, is it true that uh, it could be possible that sometimes your incentives and bonuses are more than your base salary?
1: So, it depends upon the industry that you're working in. I work in FMCG, generally, it's not the case here. Over here, you have a fixed variable, and I mean, variable is a component of the CTC, which would be cons- considerably less than your fixed. But even this variable, it can max, it would be double. You it can double generally in the, all the companies that I worked with three companies I worked with the max it can be is doubled uh, with the variable but even then it will be considerably less than the fixed portion of your income. Uh, having said this, money is an important factor but it's not the only factor. Uh, as I said, first thing that you that I wanted to do was to do an MBA. When I got into MBA, I realized what I should do in MBA, and these are things that. There are certain things that I fell into, and then certain things I realized that this is what I like. So I took up sales uh, after having worked with Pepsi, and I had this experience of working for two months in Pepsi. Some of them, some people might call it small shot, but I think it was extensive enough for me. And I realized this is what I want to do. Regarding social services and you know even professions such as law, they get you to talk to a far more number of people. Definitely, it does. Uh, but first of all, I did not have the education for that. It was my inclination to do that. Sales gives me... Sales does come number of things. It gets me to talk to people, but also disassociate myself from them. When you're working in the development sector, you get involved in their lives. You have to... It's a job to make somebody's life better. In sales, it's not my job to make somebody's life better. I can listen to them. I can sympathize. I can sometimes sympathize with them. But... And need not necessarily be the resolution that they're looking for. My job is to make sure that the product that I'm selling sells. Okay. That's what I enjoy a lot. Being able to close a negotiation, that that gives you a high... I don't think any weed can.
0: <laughs> okay, so basically you have this adrenaline rush that you um, kind of experience whenever you do these negotiations and close them and that's what excites you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Um, Now, Swanim, if you see the, let's say, if we talk about the sales profession in general, what kind of developments do you see in this area? Like, now I'm talking from the point of view of, let's say, data analysis or artificial intelligence coming into it, because we're talking about all these areas. Do you think somebody who wants to get into sales should sort of be good with numbers, should be good with, uh, let's say, logical reasoning, should be good with analysis and all of those things?
1: right so when you when you've graduated from an MBA and you start working in sales in FMCG sales most of the time you'll be joining as an area sales manager at this point of time you have sales officers and sales representatives uh, who go directly to the store and take orders Uh, over at this point of time man-to-man conversation is very important definitely but what is also important is logical reasoning and the ability to look at numbers and make sense of them understanding why something is selling in one pocket of the city and not selling in another part. Yeah, is
0: okay. There,
1: yeah. Is there just, a particular set of population which which resides in that particular area? Right. For example, uh, you could be selling a lot more of uh, Ayurveda products in a retirement community.
0: Right, yeah. So why you should you be,
1: be... selling. Hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, so I get you the point.
1: That, why it is selling and uh, making sure that Whatever you want to sell is being is selling over there.
0: Right. Yeah. So,
1: uh, that requires a lot of logical reasoning, understanding data, hmm. figuring things out. So yeah. these things can be taught. So they, these things are people are born with them.
0: And I think you can do more smart sales if you understand data in general, right? So if you understand what kind of demographics are you handling, then you can strategize accordingly. So that would, anyways, help. Okay. So now I have a very small rapid fire round for you, and okay. um, interesting. <laughs> yes so i want to understand a little more about you not from the professional perspective but about Swarnim as a person so i will be basically saying two words and you'll have to select one of them and you don't have time to think so please don't think <laughs> sure. okay so a poem in hindi or a play in english
1: oh uh, okay poem in hindi mm-hmm. okay lately i've been uh actual poem in Urdu, if possible Oh, I've been dabbling with that a bit I mm-hmm. have a secret Instagram page which nobody knows about that I handle and that I manage
0: <laughs> okay maybe you can tell me about this about it later No, nope. no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> so um, texting or talking
1: talking
0: okay. mm, I guessed it <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is the thing near you right now
1: oh a can of bird a beer <laughs>
0: um so books or tv shows books Mm -hmm. most embarrassing store you might be seen shopping at
1: i don't go to physical stores anymore really so yeah i mean yeah and for somebody oh actually you should not tell my clients this i handle modern trade modern trade is physical stores and i shop online
0: (laughs) i just hope and none of your clients listen to this podcast then
1: i hope so too but giving giving credit where it is due, a lot of the times i'm shopping from my modern trade stores only so i shop a lot from reliance i shop from nature's basket i shop from yeah yeah basically this because some of my other clients don't have that much presence on Mm e-commerce i won't name who (laughs) okay
0: so 12 in the night or 5 in the morning
1: 5 in the morning
0: Mm -hmm. No, no
1: no 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 wait for what (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's up to you. You answered five in the morning. So. Okay, so the, moving to the next question pen or pencil?
1: Pencil. Because my writing is terrible <laughs> and I make a lot of mistakes while writing, so an eraser comes in very handy.
0: <laughs> okay, and the last question is tea or coffee? Masala tea. Masala tea.
1: That I Masala chai. Tea. That I make. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so um, Swadim. One thing that I want to also understand from you is, are you genuinely happy? And is there something that you will basically achieve that will give you a lot of satisfaction? Or are you already experiencing it every single day?
1: It's a very loaded question. So happiness is a state of mind. Happiness is nothing but at the very basic level, your hormones coming in time after time. Nobody is certainly always happy. Nobody can be. And if you're always happy, then there's something wrong with your brain. You should probably get it checked. Uh, so happiness is a it's, a... it's a fleeting concept. You can... If you're just chasing happiness... you. Can. But yes, I think... Uh, recent events notwithstanding within my family, uh, things are pretty okay. I'm content... Mm. I would I would like to say that.
0: And I would want to understand from you what do you think about relationships and commitment? And also, I mean I just have to add to this. So you are 29, you live in India, and you are not married, and you belong to that's that part of society which basically thinks about okay, now this is a high (laughs) time, you are doing something wrong with your life. What do you have to say about it?
1: Right. Okay loaded question again uh okay uh what do i think about relationships and commitments so I, I have been in relationships uh long-term relationships most of the time i've never really been in short-term relationships uh, the shortest relationship i was in was for eight months so i don't think at any point you would classify it as short i don't think i'm commitment phobic right now though i am in between relationships as it would happen so if there is any Nice, wonderful woman, or even not so nice, wonderful woman out there listening to me. Hit me up, probably, if you find me interesting after this podcast. See, here I am advertising myself and selling myself. This is sales. Coming back to it, uh, I think relationships are very important, uh, but relationships have to be. Though they don't have to be the the center of your universe. For me personally, I. I'm very passionate about the work that I do and my relationship or my partner. I expect them to be supportive. And I am very supportive the same way. I don't want somebody to put me on a pedestal or to have our relationship as the center of everything that they do. We both have our individual lives while we also have a together life, a life together. Uh, A relationship is something that you go back home to uh, that you feel nice to have it. That is your support system. Your work is your main thing. So, that's, that's what I think about relationships. And I've been fortunate enough to uh, have been with women who think the same way. And I've had some terrific women uh, with whom I have been. Uh, great people. I admire them immensely.
0: Yeah. Are you successful? I mean, how does success look to you like?
1: I'm still looking for success. I'm still searching for it. Because no matter where I get, it will never be enough. Uh, there is a movie called Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. In that, uh, the character of Shaila Buff, he asks Josh Brolin, the character of Josh Brolin, what is the absolute number at which you'll be happy? You'll retire and there'll be no more. You, you won't ask for anything more. And Josh Brolin's character replies, more. So there is no number it's always more. Hmm. And is the key, same case with me. It's never enough.
0: Yes. I Again, so I, I basically agree with every single thing that you're saying here and um, I just want to bring a, a, a very small incident from my lifestyle, from my life story, basically. So, when I was doing my bachelor's at that time, going to a Veromoda store and buying a cloth, a top for myself, that was a big deal like it was it was big because it was expensive at that point of time for me but now um, I can touch wood I can buy higher brands and I don't think about it, but now I want to buy even higher brands you know so uh, <laughs> so I don't think there is ever a stop to when you would feel that, okay, I, now I have achieved everything. I don't think, for example, Jeff Bezos or Eon Musk, they feel that now they have reached the, you know, the precipice and now they don't want to get anything else.
1: It, it doesn't, see, it, it depends on the person to person. It helps some people. It doesn't help some people. Some people can go spiraling to depression. Uh, some people it acts as, it acts as a, as a catalyst for them to achieve even more. I think, uh, in my case earlier it used to be the case that i would think that oh i have to look up to this guy because he has done so much i don't think i do anymore but there are some other things that i look for right? it's hmm. it's not just about the money anymore right? yeah what about where they are in life what they are doing what i would like to do
0: there are phases so something which is important for you right now might not be important for you let's say in a in, in six months time and then you might be focusing on other things so it's always dynamic right yeah.
1: It's it's absolutely is even physically speaking, our body keeps on changing. I am not the man or the boy. My my organs are the same, but every single cell has been replaced by now. <laughs> yes, so this brings in this brings in this paradox, which is called the ship of Theseus. Which is basically you take a ship, you remove every single brick, and you replace it. At the end, is it the, still the same ship?
0: This is so funny, Swanam, because I. Just a few weeks back, I got to know this concept called Ship of Thesis, and I was looking for it. Okay, what does it exactly mean? And now you're referring to it. So I think there is some connection now.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's a, it's, I, I love paradoxes, and Ship of Thesis is one of my favorite. Uh, there's an excellent movie also made by I think Anand Gandhi on this, uh, stars Neeraj Kabi in one of his first roles. <laughs>
0: Um, Okay, so now moving on to the final question and um, if there is a final piece of advice to someone who wants to get into sales, what would you say?
1: Run. Uh, Run towards
0: it or run away from
1: it? Run away from it. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, to be on a serious note, sales is a great profession to be in. Uh, I love being a part of it what also matters is the kind of boss and mentorship that you have. I'm very grateful that I've had very good mentors throughout my career. So, uh, some of the things that I would like to say, especially to some people who've, uh, my advice will be in two parts. One, who have, who are looking forward to joining sales and second, two, for people who have just joined sales. First part for people who want to join sales, understand that it's not going to be easy in the beginning. Be mentally prepared for the fact that you'll be toiling very hard and you'll be you will be cursed at by your boss, by your colleagues, by everybody. That's just the nature of the profession it is itself. Later on, you will understand. And in the beginning, it will feel like... Uh, so you have to mentally prepare for this, that everything will always be on fire. Uh, so you need to figure out, understand and prepare for a logical part. Uh, build your logical ability, capability. Understand that not everything is to prioritize. Or everything has their own different priority level. So you start doing that in your in, in your everyday life, and you'll by the time you start working in sales, you'll realize what to do. And uh, yeah, start talking to people because you will require that. And read about a different of lot of different type of topics. When you are out on the street, you meet people with a variety of interests, and it helps to uh, to know about a variety of topics because then you can initiate a conversation with anybody. Some people might have a very big interest, keen interest, India's freedom struggle, for that matter. And even if you think that this guy he's just a Kirana wala, what would he even know? Oh, you will be surprised. There are people. I mean, I have had great, extensive discussions over Ayurveda with 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 a Kirana guy, a big Kirana guy, but yes, a Kirana guy. So this, all of this helps. Read about different things and street smarts. you have to. Uh, there's this book called What They Don't Teach You at Harvard Business School by Mark H. McCormack. It's a little dated now because it was uh, it was written in the 1980s. But, you know, uh, leave all the sexism and uh, leave a little bit of the datedness aside, it's a very good book in terms of how to go about selling and setting up a business mm-hmm. and just life in general. Okay. It really helps.
0: And for the guys who are starting
1: for guys who are starting uh, okay so you are already probably have felt a lot of fire lately from your boss and from your colleagues everybody you just need to understand that uh, this this is just a part of it you will get over it i wish somebody had told me this back when i had starting when i was starting it gets easier it gets better you will get the hang of things you will In the beginning, you will think that everybody's out to get you. Everybody's out to get you. Mm. Your boss, your uh, distributor, your retailer, your client, everybody's out to get you. But they're not. As soon as you're out of the door, they stop thinking about you. Nobody is trying to uh, have a conspiracy against you. None of that matters. It might feel in the beginning, but it doesn't
0: i very recently read this line somewhere which said that if you sow a seed in the soil you would not keep pulling it out to see how much it has grown right you would let it be there (laughs) so that's the same thing you have to do with your career or your profession so you have to give it time you have to let it you know grow internally as well
1: yes yes you have to give yourself time and you have to let yourself make mistakes in big organizations if you're not in a startup you're a big organization you have to again know one more thing and believe in it that you are just a cog business will not shut down if you make a mistake it's perfectly fine to make a mistake you will not impact the company nobody is that big to impact a company until unless you're a ceo and if you're listening to me and as i've already spoken you're just starting in sales you're not the ceo don't worry about it you will not screw it up And there's always a fallback option of your boss. You can always go and I couldn't get this done. So please take care of it. There's this thing, uh, slightly diverse digressing from the topic. People love to help. No matter who it is, people love to help. Even if it's their boss and you think that my boss hates me. Uh, don't go again and again for help. But yes, once in a while, do ask them and they will be very happy to oblige. It's an in inherent nature within us humans. We like to help because it makes us feel good about ourselves.
0: mm mm-hmm. That's a really good, yeah. This is a very, a really nice note to end our podcast at, So, it was wonderful talking to you. I really loved our conversation. Um, and yes, thank you so much for being here. Thank you,
1: Priyanka. It was lovely talking to you. again.
0: Thank you so much, you guys, for tuning into this podcast, People's Stories. If you are aware of somebody who has inspired you and would want me to share their stories with all of you guys, then please feel free to connect with me. My name is Priyanka Oja and you can find me by the same name on LinkedIn. On Instagram, my account name is Pod. I'm going to come with another exciting episode, so stay tuned and stay happy, stay healthy.